Hey, thank you for joining us this morning for our podcast here on Anchor. Um, We have the Reverend Roger Peck with his message, How to Deal with Disappointment. We also have special music this morning from Isaac Baker. Uh, Don't forget to check out our website at uh, meadowbrookbaptistchurch.com. And don't forget that you can watch these messages live on Facebook on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., on Wednesday nights at 6 p.m., and Sunday nights at 6 p.m. And we'll be coming to you live throughout uh, the rest of this um, time we're having right now, this pandemic, and even after. So don't forget to join us on our website, on Facebook. And we're glad you're here, and we're glad you can listen. And we hope you have a wonderful week. Welcome to Meadowbrook Baptist Church this Sunday, March the 29th. We're glad you're here to worship with us this morning, and we ask that you join us as we sing. God will take care of you. Be not dismayed. Let's bow our heads in prayer, please. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day that you've given us. It's a day that you have made and we rejoice in it. Lord, we praise you because you are worthy of all the praise and honor and glory that we can bestow upon you. We need you today, Lord, because without you, we are lost, directionless, wandering aimlessly with no purpose or plan. But with you, we are strong, assured, focused, and prepared for the difficulties of life. We need you amidst this pandemic. We got to have your help and your healing. We need your guidance and your grace. 
Only you can sustain us at home, at work, and at church. Give our leaders guidance and compassion. Protect our medical workers, first responders. Give the researchers who are seeking solutions insight and wisdom. Forgive us, Lord, for being so proud and haughty, thinking that we don't need you. We have sinned and need your forgiveness. Bless us as we worship today. Help us in all that we say and do that you would receive honor and glory and your name would be magnified for you are the one who is worthy. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen and amen. We welcome you uh, this morning to uh, our Sunday worship service at Meadowbrook Baptist Church. We are coming to you live from the sanctuary uh, on Meadow Lane Drive. Uh, we count it an honor to be able to, uh, uh, to lead you in worship this morning. Like all churches uh, in our state and nation, we are adhering to the governmental order to avoid mass gatherings and to practice social distancing. We now know this is going to continue through April. Uh, we do consider it an honor, however, to have you join with us as we uplift the wonderful name of Jesus uh, this morning. I'd like to take a moment to speak to the folks at Meadowbrook for, for just a second. Uh, we miss you. We love you. We want you to know that as a church staff, we are continuing to figure out ways that we can minister to you uh, in this time of adversity. We place not only the Sunday morning uh, worship online, but also Sunday night and Wednesday night that we invite you uh, to watch. We will continue to send you by mail uh, ministry updates and the sermon notes for the, for the coming uh, Sunday morning service. I've talked to many of you this week on the phone uh, and uh, should you need us, please give us a call and we'll try to do all that we can to help in whatever way that we can. Many of you have dropped by or mailed your tithes and offerings in. Uh, many have used the newly set up online giving option. Uh, and should you want to know more about online giving, please check Facebook or the church website uh, for more details on this matter. Whatever way that you choose to give is greatly appreciated. These are, uh, as I don't need to remind you, tough times. Um, uh, there's still going to be difficult days ahead. Uh, and, and for families and businesses and hospitals and churches, uh, these next few weeks will be very difficult. And it's going to take all of us praying for each other, cooperating with one another, and helping whenever and wherever that we can. 
I know that each of you will, will do your part. And now, uh, as we continue our worship, um, we are blessed to have with us today Isaac Baker, who is going to continue our worship with a song uh, before the message. We think this will be, a, will be a great blessing, and we appreciate Isaac coming and sharing uh, this morning.
thank Isaac for coming and sharing this morning uh, Isaac is uh, he's, bu- he's busy this day he, uh, he works at Walmart stocking and as you well know that's a very important job right now and so we appreciate him taking time to come and help uh, this morning by providing uh, this great special music today the other day our youngest son Adam and his wife Laura and their son Davis was visiting at our house and we were standing in outside in the driveway talking (coughs) excuse me when I noticed Allie Adam and Laura's daughter and Davis's sister who is uh soon to be 12 years old, coming up the street. As she got closer, we noticed that she was crying. A few minutes earlier, she had, been, she had received notification uh, that the competitive cheerleading team, which she was a part of, uh, had received, and had received a bid to Disney. Uh, that competition uh, was canceled because of the coronavirus and they were going to have to uh, of course not be able to go to Disney and not be able to compete in the competition to her this was very very disappointing and very devastating news and it greatly upset her the question that I want to ask you this morning is how do you deal with disappointment. Uh, it's, a, it's a rare day uh, that uh, we don't have to deal in some form or fashion with disappointment. At home, at school, at work, even at church, we have to deal with disappointment from time to time. Webster in the dictionary defines disappointment as to, to be made unhappy by unfulfilled expectations. In other words, uh, these unfulfilled expectations, they may be in yourself. Uh, They may be in another person. Uh, They may even be uh, directed toward God. But something you thought would happen or something that you expected to happen didn't happen and now you are unhappy maybe you missed out on a dream job maybe you failed to get the raise that you thought you deserved Uh, maybe an award that you thought was coming your way went to someone else or perhaps maybe a a promotion that you thought was well deserved didn't happen the truth of all of this is simply this, Allie isn't the only one these days going through disappointment and having to deal with disappointment. 
it seems like this virus has, has its share of disappointments and postponements that all of us have to deal with. For instance, us sports fans have had to live with the fact that there's no March Madness. That's disturbing for us. There's no baseball that we can watch, no NBA, and then no Masters, at least not in April this year. But on a higher level, there's also no church. There's no cantata. There's no eating out. Uh, and there's no vacations. Uh, and even at a still greater level, there's no jobs and there's no school. It's true all of us are dealing with disappointment right now. Disappointment has come to all of us. And the question is, how are we going to deal with the disappointment in our life? This morning, I want each of us to take a look into the life of the Old Testament character, Moses. And there we'll find some truths that I think will guide us through these times of disappointment. So think with me on this thought, how to deal with disappointment. And let's turn this morning uh, to Deuteronomy chapter 3 and begin reading in verse 23. Deuteronomy chapter 3 began reading in verse 23. At that time, I pleaded with the Lord, O sovereign God, you have begun to show to your servant your greatness and your strong hand. For what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do the deeds and mighty works you do? Let me go over and see the good, hand, the good land beyond the Jordan, that fine hill country and Lebanon. But because of you, the Lord was angry with me and would not listen to me. That is enough, the Lord said. Do not speak to me anymore about this matter. Go up to the top of Pisgah and look west and north and south and east. Look at the land with your own eyes. Since you are not going to cross this Jordan, but, it, but commission Joshua and encourage and strengthen him for he will lead this people across and will cause them to inherit the land that you will see. So we stayed in the valley near Beth Peor. Our text records probably the most disappointing, devastating news that Moses ever received. He would not be allowed to enter the promised land. He was born a Hebrew in Egypt. He was educated as an Egyptian. Uh, he then was banished from Egypt. And then at the burning bush, God called him, gave him a, a very important assignment. He was to lead Israel, his people, out of Egyptian bondage and into the land of promise. And Moses had been faithful uh, to do what he was asked. It had been a tough assignment, mind you, because these people had been a handful uh, for Moses to lead. 
They belly ached. They complained. They bickered. They nitpicked all the way to the banks of the promised land. And there God told Moses, you can't enter the land. You're not going to be allowed to go into the land of promise. The whole thing to us seems to be unfair and unjust. Moses was refused entrance into the land that without him they may not have even got the opportunity to go, to go into. Yet Moses, as we read, didn't lose his faith in God. He didn't lose his hope for the future. What we find Moses did was that he dealt with his disappointment and then he died in peace on Mount Nebo's peak. He yielded to God and to God's purposes and he also shows us and sets an example for us on how to deal with disappointment. Let me mention this morning three options that we always have in dealing with disappointment. Three options that we have in dealing with disappointment. Notice first of all, when dealing with disappointment, you can strike back. You always have the option to strike back. Now Moses had done a tremendous job leading this bickering group of people out of bondage and through the wilderness wanderings. And when faced with the disappointment of not getting to go into the promised land, Moses does a little striking back in this passage. For instance, in chapter 3 and verse 26, when he tells the people that they are the reason God was angry with him. They are the reason that he wouldn't let Moses enter the land of promise. Now likely the episode that Moses is referring to here in verse 26 happened while they were wandering in the wilderness. It's recorded in Numbers chapter 20 and verse 12. And in that episode, here's what happened. In the wilderness, there was no water. And the people began to complain like they always did. Moses and Aaron went before the Lord. And the Lord told Moses, Speak and water will come out of the rock. But when Moses stood at the rock, rather than speak to the rock, Moses struck the rock. And this disappointed God. And here, uh, and here Moses strikes back. And he tells the people uh, in these verses, Because of you, because of you, you Israelites, your negativity and your complaints, now I am forbidden to go into the promised land. And so we see Moses uh, using that first option to a degree here. He struck back. He assigned blame. He made excuses to begin with. And that certainly is one choice all of us have when we are disappointed, we can strike back. We can fume. We can get angry. We can express bitterness. We have that option to do so. 
I read this story not too long ago of a little boy that was five years old who misbehaved. And his mother decided that it was time uh, it was time to put him in time out and give him some quiet time. She happened to have a large closet in the house, so she pushed back the hangers in the closet so there would be room for, for his chair. And she turned on the light and told him he would have to stay in that closet for 30 minutes because of his misbehavior. It wasn't too long that she began hearing sounds coming from inside the closet. Then everything got real quiet. The matter was curious to her, and so she opened the door and she said, Jimmy, what on earth are you doing? The little boy replied defiantly, I just pulled all your clothes down and spit on them. I spit on your shoes too. And now I'm just sitting here waiting on more spit. <laughs> you know, like Jimmy, that's the way we can face disappointment. We can strike back. We can save up our spit even if we're mad enough and disappointed enough. We can get even. For some people, uh, this decision to strike back takes dark, devilish, even criminal actions against people uh, we can say if you can't have this no one else is going to have it either some people may even think of hurting or maiming or even worse for others they set out to make others pay for, the, for destroying their expectations some people allow anger and bitterness and a critical spirit to rule the day in their life and still others when facing disappointment start a campaign they make phone calls they write letters expressing their opinion and still others when disappointed flood Facebook and social media spewing out poison because somebody has disappointed them so you can strike back you when you face disappointment you can strike back but there's also a second option available to us when we're disappointed. How can you deal with disappointment? How do you deal with disappointment? Notice with me, secondly of all, you can give up. You can give up. Now, while Moses walked a little down the road to strike him back, when we look at this passage, we have to say uh, he could have reacted in a whole different way altogether. He could have just took a deep breath, let his shoulders slump and said, I'm so unappreciated. I'm so taken advantage of. I'm so taken for granted. And now I'm not going to get to go into the promised land, so I'll just give up. Many people, when they're disappointed, do this. After great disappointment, they choose the option of just giving up. They withdraw from life. They lock themselves up somewhere. They practice social distancing before it even became popular like it is today. Uh, they retire from life. 
they lose hope, they just drop out of life. I remember reading an article years ago from Dr. C.R. Daly, Jr., who at that time was the editor of the Western Recorder, which was the state paper for the Baptist Convention in Kentucky. And in that article, he said this of his own father. He said, The fact is his funeral was nearly four years late because in many respects, he died the day my mother died. He would have climbed into the grave with her any day he could have. In other words, he felt like his dad just gave up when his mother died. Some people face disappointment like that. They just give up. And still others are even more dramatic in dealing with unfulfilled expectations. They choose to go the route of suicide. That's why suicides increase in times of adversity. Some people can't handle the disappointment of economic downturns, high unemployment, coupled with feelings of shame, loneliness, and abandonment. In 1986, Donnie Moore was a picture, was a pitcher for the California Angels. He played in an all-star game and in the Western Division playoffs in a very crucial game. All he had to do was strike out Dave Henderson. Now that wasn't an easy task, but that's all he had to do. Strike out Dave Henderson and the Angels would move on to the World Series. Henderson, however, came to the plate. And when he came to the plate, he hit a home run. Moore and the Angels went home. That incident began a downhill slide for Donnie Moore that lasted three seasons. And then he committed suicide. His teammates said... He never got over that loss. So how are you going to deal with disappointment this morning? You can strike back. You can give up. And that brings us to a third and final option that I want to share with you this morning. Number three, when dealing with disappointment, you can move on. You can move on. According to verse 23 in our text, Moses has pleaded with God many times and tried to change God's decision about this matter of entering the promised land. The word pleading in Hebrew suggests passion and intensity. In other words, Moses passionately went to God and asked him to change his mind. But God said, no, no. And eventually God said, that's enough. That's enough. Don't speak to me anymore about this matter. And then Moses moved on. He prepared Joshua to take his place. He also began to prepare the people to live in the new land that he would not be allowed to enter. 
In fact, the whole book of Deuteronomy is a call for the people to renew the covenant they had made with God on the top of Mount Sinai. Even though Moses knew he wouldn't be allowed to go into the new land, he did all that he could. He did all that he could to prepare these people and lead these people to prosper in the new land that he would not ever be allowed to go into. Now throughout Scripture, I can give you example after example of biblical characters who dealt with disappointment by moving on. They put their trust in God and they moved on. That was their decision. That was the option they chose. For instance, Joseph was the son of Jacob and he was sold into slavery by his brothers. A story found in the book of Genesis. And I'm sure he walked disappointedly behind the camels to Egypt in the caravan, eating dust the whole way. And then, once in Egypt, he was mistreated again by Potiphar. And he wound up being thrown in prison. But I'm going to tell you, instead of being angry and upset and trying to get even and giving up, Joseph moved on. And later he would write this when he was reunited with his brothers. You intended this for bad, but God made it good. God made it good. Joseph moved on. David, King David had a dream of building a magnificent temple to the glory of God. But God said to David, no, I'm not going to allow you to do it. You've been a man of war as a king. You can't do it. So David moved on. But not only did he move on, he solidified the army. And he started gathering resources that his son Solomon would build this beautiful temple for God. David moved on, but he made it easy for, easier for Solomon to do what he wanted to do. Job was, was devastated by the loss of his health and his wealth and his family. His friends repeatedly told him it was his fault. He had sinned in some way and was facing the consequences. That's what his friends kept telling him. But you know what? Job moved on. He praised God by saying, I know my Redeemer liveth. He moved on. Paul, in the New Testament, prayed for the Lord to remove this thorn in the flesh. This thorn, Paul surmised, kept him from serving God at his fullest potential. Three times he went to the Lord in prayer over this matter. And three times God said, no. I'll not remove it. I'll not remove it. And Paul moved on. He wound up saying, I delight in hardships for when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Joseph moved on. David moved on. Job moved on. Paul moved on. All of them dealt with their disappointment by moving on. 
And Moses did the same thing in this passage. He moved on and he died in peace, trusting God's purposes. They moved on. What will you do this morning? Disappointment? Well, it has surely come. It is here. The pandemic is sure to bring more cancellations and more postponements. I'm sure it will continue to test our faith and our patience. Are you willing to wallow in your disappointment? Will you strike back? Will you give in? Or will you move on? Moses chose to move on. I hope you'll do that. Move on. Do all you can to help other people in whatever ways you can. But with the disappointment, just move on. Allie was plenty upset with the cancellation of her competitive cheer cheer competition. Her mom and dad consoled her. Nana loved on her. And I think even her big brother was empathetic, even though I can't say for sure. She was greatly disappointed, but I'm sure in time she'll move on. In Psalms 43 and verse 5, the psalmist said this, Put your hope in God. Disappointments are tough to deal with for sure. Give them to the Lord, trust in the Lord, yield to His purposes, and move move on. And remember this little poem the next time that you face disappointment. Remember this poem. Yesterday, God helped me. Today, He'll do the same. How long will this continue? Forever, praise His name. As we get ready for the invitation this morning, let me just say life always brings difficulties and disappointments. If it's not this coronavirus, it'll be something else because that's what life is about, dealing with the disappointments. We can't deal with life on our own. I want you to know that. We need help. We need a helper to walk with us, a helper to show us the way. What I'm saying is we need Jesus. And I want to ask you, do you know Jesus this morning? You can know him today. Let me lead you in this very short but simple, what is called sinner's prayer. If you don't know Christ this morning, pray this prayer to to the Lord and mean it in your heart Father I am a sinner I deserve to spend eternity separated from you but I believe Jesus is your son and that he died for me and rose again on the third day and and he's coming back one day I open my heart for him to come in and I promise to follow him the rest of my life on earth and then praise Him throughout all eternity. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. If you'll pray that prayer, mean it in your heart, then I believe 
Jesus will come into your heart, make you a part of His family, make you a part of the great family of God, give you eternal life and a home in heaven, and He will help you deal with any disappointments and any problems in life that you face. Maybe you're a believer, but you feel like you've wandered from God. Then I want to ask you to confess your sins to God and recommit your life to Jesus and get back on the road to obedience and service. The scriptures tell us in 1 John 1, 9 that if we will confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Listen, I invite you now to come to Jesus and find all that you'll ever need to deal with life and with all of its complexities.